Pests, and Steve Beckett joins us from the University of Illinois. Steve, how are you this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Glad to have you with us once again. Tell us, what have you seen recently that's uh, getting your attention? I've been watching uh, Vietnam. Tell me a little bit about that, because I haven't had a chance to see it. Well, it's a retrospective. It it actually uh, takes us from sort of the history, history lesson of Vietnam, you know, up through... And right now, uh, the episode last night took us through 1967, so we're ready for the Tet Offensive in uh, late January of of 68. And it's it's a remark- It's a Ken Burns show, so you know yeah. it's going to be well researched, uh, thought thought out very very well. A neat story about a 17 year old boy who wanted to be in the service so much. Uh, Mogi, I think his nickname was. And I can't remember what state he was from. It wasn't from Illinois. And he finally, he ran away from home in an effort to convince his parents to sign for him so he could enlist before he was 18. And he enlisted and, you know, joined the Army. And you just knew he was going to get killed. And he did. And, oof, chilling. And to me, the one of the really neat things about it, and why I recommend it to you, um, is that, Servicemen uh, who had served in Vietnam are now being asked to talk about their experience, what was said to them, what was said to them at basic training, what was said to them at West Point, what was said to them, why they felt the way they felt at the time, what they felt like when they actually were there, um, the lies that were told to them, how disillusioned they were, you know, and, and we're so proud of them because of the effort that they did. But they, their best friends were killed and, you know, just, as I say, it's chilling. It's a ch- chilling show. Moving attention towards what's happening right now in the Senate, and there's a piece in the Washington Post, why Senate Republicans are in such a rush this month on health care. And I thought you could help explain a little bit more about the votes needed. GOP has 52 majority in the Senate. And then Trump says something about they want to do this before they need the 60 votes. Can you break it down and explain to us why are they in such a hurry to get this through without the CBO score? Well, they're in a hurry to get it through because when President Obama um, was in office after the Affordable Care Act, you notice how I called it, was enacted, there were so many votes in the House, in the House, you know, to repeal, 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 repeal. Uh, And so many uh, people ran for re-election or election on the basis of repealing the Affordable Care Act. And so to, to talk to their base and to accomplish what their promise was to their base, then in some measure, they need to argue we have repealed the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare as, as they like to call it. Um, the 60 votes, of course, is that for a measure to make it to the floor, it has to be filibuster proof. 60 votes makes it filibuster proof, uh, which allows it to be called for a vote. Uh, you may recall when uh, Justice Gorich was um, his nomination was confirmed by the Senate that they figured out a nuclear option way to get around the 60 votes. I don't know whether or not they'll do that or not, uh, you know, to get this done. But this is politics at its at its best or worst, depending upon your point of view. You know, I suppose if you're a supporter of repeal uh, and a supporter of the president, then you're that's terrific. But if you're like me, you're just shaking your head. 
Um, and I sort of like the Jimmy Kimmel test. I'm, I'm more <laughs> intrigued by the Jimmy uh, Kimmel test than the 60-vote rule. And they only have the ability to lose two Republicans because Mike Pence can then break a tie. If it's 50-50, the vice president does break a tie. So I think we had Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and John McCain. Mm-hmm. That, that did it last time. That, this time that, it's Rand Paul is saying he's not voting for this. They didn't go far enough. I, you know, I haven't, uh, I truly haven't kept track. I, um, it, Lisa Murkowski, I saw an interview with her in which she basically indicated she hadn't decided, hadn't decided, hadn't decided. But I'm told just from, by the news media that there's an Alaska provision where Alaska does really, really well, gets some extra dough mm-hmm. out of this. And so it's sort of the Susan, or the, uh, what's her name? Lisa, Lisa Murkowski. Mm-hmm. Lisa Murkowski. Uh, provision where how in the world can she turn this down? It, it's like a, a bribe to the state of Alaska, you know. So I, I don't know. That's already starting to. Uh, uh, Montana is already jumping in on that, and uh, I'm assuming a couple of others. So I think that whole uh, state bribery thing is going to break down before they get it done. But it's a terrible precedent. Terrible precedent. All right, you're a study of us. Uh, First Amendment rights, a fervent supporter of them. And this week, we had a lot of people up in arms about a a young man who burned a flag, but it's freedom of expression. So is it uh, when you go to court, let's say you were defending him, what would be your case? Well, there's a U.S. Supreme Court decision from 1969 that says burning the flag um, is an uh, act of First Amendment expression. And I think, unfortunately... um, in our our state, and I assume it's true in many states, we have we still have provisions that are in our statutes that are unconstitutional, have been declared unconstitutional, but have never been removed from the statute books. And primarily, it's because no case has ever directly posed the question. I remember this because there was a a convenience store over in Urbana, and the police came in and grabbed a bunch of magazines. And the guy was charged with an offense for a statute that had been declared unconstitutional in 1951. And, and so somehow it slipped the notice of the police and Mr. Pyland, who was then the state's attorney. And so some, sometimes it's popular to take a stance, uh, who wants to support smutty magazines or who wants to support burning a flag kind of thing. So it's, po- it's popular to bring make an arrest or bring a charge like that. But I think you have to read a little closer, have to be more aware. Uh, the The police need to consult, I think, with uh, the state's attorney sometimes before they do things or the city attorney. That And that was just a, obviously a big mistake. The county board executive salary, I just need to ask you about this. You spent so long on the county board and you are so versed in the partisan politics that go on with making these decisions. What's your take on why do we need a county executive and what should the salary be set at? I generally supported the concept of a county executive. I sort of waffled between the two provisions. I ultimately didn't support the one that passed and supported the other one that would have made it sort of a blander county uh, executive. Um, But I felt that uh, there needs to be somebody who demonstrates the leadership and direction for the county, uh, because I th- I think it's too bad that we have partisan politics at the at the county level. Um, 
as I always say, I, I recall a fonder day when there was bipartisanship. But I noticed that the, in the paper this morning that the, that the salary actually passed with, all, with like all the Republicans and three Democrats. And so uh, it, it isn't as if this is a one-sided uh, thing. And I suppose it's something that you're going to have to try and see whether, you, whether or not you like it. I know that Rock Island adopted it, had it for two years, and then uh, rescinded it by, by an election. And so that's something that's available. Oh, well, that's good to know. So we'll see what happens with that, in other words. All right. Well, it's always good to see you. Um, I showed up at the right place. You really did, and we appreciate that. Thank you for checking in that we're still here at Neil and Windsor. That's right. Maybe next month it'll be different, We'd, assuming I'm invited back. Well, we don't always. know. We don't know. We'll see what happens. We do know that he's invited back. We don't yeah. know where we'll be, though. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, that's what he meant. Just All right. Clearing up. All right. Thank you, Steve Beckett. We appreciate it.